0: This is the Patriot Radio News Hour brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Tuesday, November the 22nd, 2016. Hey, good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour, Tuesday, November 22nd delivering gold and silver to meet your need. It's easy. as has given us a call at one eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. No one thing. You work with us. We follow through. We are the Patriot Trading Group. And this show is brought to you by the CEO and owner. His name's Joe Quint He put together this website. If you go out to it, allamericangold.com, not only can you... Stay on top of the price of gold gold and silver, but you can get the news to disturb the comfortable. And he puts it all together for you, and he grinds it out every day to make sure you're in the know. And that website, along with all the research he does, is here for you every day at 9 a.m. on this show. Now, I know we're approaching the holiday, so I'm wondering... Is there any news during the holiday, Joe? Because here you are. It, it, it we're two days away from Thanksgiving, and everybody's just going to be—I don't know—what do they call it when uh, tryptophan, the turkey tryptophan hits you? They're all going to be napping.
1: I'm going to tell you right now, I can't wait.
0: Can't wait for that nap, the right? Tryptophan
1: nap. The
0: to fan. You know, the Cowboys maybe playing in the background, maybe Detroit. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. It's not like I ever finish watching time. that game. You
1: can't watch the whole thing. Can't
0: watch the whole thing. I'm telling you.
1: Happy holidays happy Thanksgiving be safe lot of traffic I had my my oldest he he they had their first regular season basketball game and he is their starting point guard he's also the captain uh, he's a junior and we had to play way out on the other side of the world you know Phoenix is this place this sprawl. Like like no other, and and you go from one city to the next, and you don't really know that you're going from one city to the next because it just all
0: it all blends together blends
1: together. But uh, it took me. I left my house at four thirty. The game started at five thirty. I did not arrive at our destination until uh, six o'clock. Um, just driving carefully. Take the extra time. I'm going to give you, I guess, my my uh, Thanksgiving travel day advice. Put the cell phone down. That's my advice. Put it down. Uh, get to where you need to be and get it, uh, do it safely. I know a lot of people traveling, uh, wanting to get to see uh, loved ones, brothers, sisters, moms, dads, aunts, uncles, cousins, good friends. Uh, just make sure well, you do it.
0: Soon. As you know, I, I I rushed to the airport yesterday during the noon hour to pick up my daughter who flew in from Australia. Believe it or not, she's going to be here. This is her summer, I guess, because uh, she turns around and goes back for another year of of college at uh, Hillsong uh, Bible College in uh, Sydney, Australia. And I'll just tell you this: the airport's a busy place.
1: It is, and hey. you know we're a pretty busy airport, right? But I would tell you right now, my heart goes out to anybody that has to go through O'Hara, that's Chicago. Uh, A strike by hourly workers at the O'Hara International Airport in Chicago will add another dimension to the nationwide day of protest by fast food employees who have been pushing for the $15 an hour wage. Thousands of workers plan to walk off the job at McDonald's restaurants and other fast food spots in more than 340 cities on the 29th. So that'll be, what, next week? Organizers said in a news release they're calling it a planned day of disruption. It is the fourth anniversary of the first protest at a McDonald's restaurant in New York. The attention-grabbing airport strike is going to cause A complete disruption in travel plans for maybe the day or maybe days to come. Of course, they said four decades ago, airport jobs were jobs you could live off of. Listen, all of these jobs used to be jobs you could live off of. You could live off the minimum wage 40 years ago. Everybody could. Now you think about it, and and even at $15 an hour, can you live off that? Especially in Chicago, where are you going?
0: You can't live off that. Not comfortably. Not without help.
1: Not without help. And they're saying that the Service Employees International Union Local One announced Monday hundreds of workers will strike that day at the airport, one of the nation's busiest, And they said, I don't know why, you know, I'm trying to see or I don't see it. Oh, here you are. One of them, uh, Julio, good boy, good boy, 54. He's an airplane cabin cleaner. They make $10.50 an hour. He says he's going to take part in the strike. And, of course, you know, this is what we've gotten to, airplane cabin cleaner. Nothing no college degree necessary for that job
0: you may have to pass a background check security check or oh, I have to do but, that but right? other but other than that you're right no I mean a high school degree maybe you don't even need that I wouldn't think you would you know if you're cleaning out the garbage on a plane hurry up get on hurry up get off we've got to taxi to the next city
1: but at the same time the, the garbage needs to be thrown away right the the train tables, Need to be in the upright position. Somebody has to do that. Right? The uh airline magazine has to be in the little pocket. Along with the emergency exit sign. You just can't make a living doing that, that's all. Patriot Radio News Hour, we'll be back. Patriot Radio News Hour, double J in the love. Don't forget that backup turkey. Mine's resting comfortably in the refrigerator, in the garage, and I'm just so excited about it.
0: I think it's funny that... uh...
1: By the way, my wife says she's going to cook the turkey upside down this year. Because that way the juices will flow into the meat. That's what she said. Hey, man. I'll let you guys know how it goes. She, she must have found that on, on
0: online or something like that. Upside down kinda, turkey. Upside I mean. down and inside out. I'm about to tell you people what
1: it's all about. <laughs> you no, know, I'm
0: just telling you, this is how you eat it. Make sure you're wearing your stretchy pants as well.
1: Stretchy pants required. There you go. Your dress sweats. It is a holiday. And for all of you that are, are still uh, in town or maybe you're the one doing the hosting, Wendy says to me, and I can't even make it up, she asks me, if we're closing early on Wednesday, so tomorrow, Joe, are we closing early tomorrow? And I'm pretty sure we're gonna, right? Except for Wendy. But, but I'm like, Wendy, get to stick around till. Well, Wednesday? and I, I, you know, why? Why why Wendy? And she goes, Well, I'm, I I got to cook for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right, right, <laughs> right. This is what Wendy, she said. you cook. I got now. I know when. And I know she does not cook. Matter of fact, if if somebody said I'm going over to Wendy's and she's making dinner, everybody would tell her, don't go. Can't, you're sick. Don't go there. Now, also understand
0: she's going. Can we get? Are we getting off early right? We went over. On this is and, a and full I 24 said, go, hours before
1: right, Thanksgiving right. dinner. So, so I I know she's not cooking the turkey and the stuffing and all this. So I I asked the question. John's what, cooking. John's <laughs> cooking. Yeah. What are you cooking? I need to make my green bean casserole. She's got to get off early from work to put some green beans <laughs> in some mushroom soup a in, a, in a in a pan and a put it in the oven. Casseroles. Right? I mean, come on! It just takes a while for me to do stuff. <laughs> what do you, I need do you to have, get off early. Do you
0: have to build the can opener? <laughs> what is happening here <laughs> that it takes 24 hours? I'm mean, <laughs> I mean, having Ten people. That's oh, a lot. That's okay. A lot. so you have a few cans to open. A couple of it.
1: cans, right? You probably got to chop down some trees oh. to build the fire oh. to cook the casserole in. I don't know. And I got to the green beans. Right, right there, okay. Fresh. Ooh, fresh green beans. Now that got a little better. Uh, but anyway, you can see what we're dealing with here. Uh, so, having said that, we're going to close somewhat early tomorrow so everybody can cook their green bean casseroles. Now, what that has to do with this next article is absolutely nothing. But, but, there may be a sliver, a sliver of hope. And, I, and I'm not talking about Donald Trump, which, by the way, uh, came out with a YouTube clip. Uh, Donald is down with the the new ways of doing things.
0: Social media, he is an
1: expert at it. Yes, talking about what's coming. We're going to play that clip for you. But before we do, you know, I've been telling you about how, you know, the government lies to us constantly. Right? Uh, you know, we, we, we make fun of Obamacare, right? Uh, Dodd-Frank, the too-big-to-fail, right?
0: Too, Those are not things that are hard to make fun of, though.
1: Right. Well, I mean, they're just, they just watch. Epic, I mean, I don't know what else failure. to call it. Epic they failure. just come out and lie and say, oh, we're going to this and this. Whatever we think we need to say to make it happen. And then we all, all ultimately pay the price. I almost fell out of my chair as I'm reading the Wall Street Journal today. And I see cash in Kashkari is the headline. Cash and Kashkari. Now, only I knows I knew what that meant. Right? The Minnesota Federal Reserve Governor is, he is, uh, his name's Neil Kashkari, and he was in charge of the bailout, by the way, for those of you that don't know who he was. And he's now the Minneapolis Federal Reserve Chairman. And he wrote an op ed in the Wall Street Journal today. As President Obama prepares to leave town, The world is learning that his reforms aren't wholly writ. The latest evidence, Minneapolis Federal Reserve President Neil Kashkari plans to end too big to fail banks. Kashkari, who rolled out his proposal last week, starts with an understanding that the twenty ten Dodd Frank Act Mass regulatory superstructure isn't the protector of taxpayers that its authors claim. You mean they lied? Dun, no. Dun, dun. You mean they really wrote a law to give it to the taxpayer? And, and protect their buddies at the bank. Shocking! I start with the assumption that regulators are going to miss the next crisis, Kashkari said. We are going to miss it. And you know the one thing, like I said, there's a ray of hope. He actually has admitted, listen, I know we were at the Federal Reserve. We don't know. We have no idea. We just come out and say stuff. We're not really sure. The crisis could be right in front of us, and we're probably going to miss it. That's refreshing modesty, especially in a federally regulated role. And it's an added advantage of being true. Isn't that great when the truth comes out? Hey, by the way, here I am. I'm the chairman of the Minneapolis Federal Reserve. And I'm going to write a paper that says, "Hey, by the way, we're not going to catch the next crisis. No, nope, we're we're going to miss it. Financial manias become panicked because everyone assumes there's no problem, while the good times roll, right? I mean, look at where we sit today, right? Somehow the the Dow's rolling." Right? What could be wrong? We're getting ready to roll over $20 trillion in debt, and, and life's wonderful. We've trended up, printed up trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. What could possibly go wrong? Exhibit A was the New York Fed's failure to rein in Citigroup's off-balance sheet vehicles before the panic of 2008. The same city group, by the way, which no longer accepts cash in Australia. By the way, we got another story. Uh, Shout out to my buddy Ed for the article. We'll get to that today as as well. Timothy Geithner's Fed regulators were clueless as anyone. Of course, he became Treasury Secretary after that one. Kaskari knows the territory. Of course, where is he from? You guessed it. Goldman Sachs. Yes, he's a Goldman Sachs alumni. He helped design and implement the TARP program for the Treasury. Of course, that was Cameron Hank Paulson back then. The Minneapolis Fed chief was also in the room in 2008 when federal officials decided to make taxpayers stand behind the subordinate def, uh, debt of mortgage Monsters, Fanny and Freddie. You, you forget about that. We paid for all that. But they pretend that they have profits, but when they when the pretending's over, it's the taxpayer that ultimately pays the price. Of course, that debt was never, never supposed to be guaranteed at all. Isn't it even better when you write the rules, and then when you don't like what happens, you can just change them? And see, and this is this is the problem as we sit there, and I, and I lay them out, and I, I just start stacking it up. You don't want to believe this? How about this? And then that, and, I, and they're like blocks, right? And I build it for you, So and I put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And those are and there's people are, oh no, come on, that's never gonna happen. Because they don't want to live in reality. And the vast majority of Americans don't want to live in the reality. And I'll tell you right now, none of our elected officials do. None. The lessons he drew is that if you want to reduce the risk that taxpayers will have to finance For another rescue, financial giants need to be much better fortified before the panic hits. See, this is the other thing. You know how much risk these banks have taken on with mortgage rates at zero? Well, I guess mortgage rates aren't at zero, but Fed funds rates at zero. That means, according to Kashkari... They need to have a lot more equity and a lot less debt. This is the exact opposite of what the Federal Reserve itself wants. He is proposing that the biggest banks vastly increase the amount of equity capital they hold. In other words, hey, you can't loan out as much money anymore. You've only got deposits of this much. You need to rein back the lending. Right now, you think about it, you know we we don't even have a two percent GDP yet. And he's like, hey, you know what? Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm looking at the balance sheets, and all he's doing is studying the balance sheets of these banks, and he's using good old common sense. And when he's looking at this and he sees all the regulation that got passed, he sees all the things that were in the, in the bill itself, and he realizes, oh, no. That wacko idiot that does that radio show from the hole-in-the-ceiling studios in Phoenix is right. These banks are not safer. There's not any less risk involved when the next crisis comes. Matter of fact, the only thing we did is make sure that the depositors are on the hook. <laughs> right? 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 Don't forget, all the subsidiaries they can form, they can keep those. Right? Just the place where the deposits are, we'll have to worry about. This plan doesn't require any big banks to shrink merely raises the amount of capital over five years so that it reaches 15% of assets. Now, think about that. That's not a lot. Right? If 15% of the mortgages or 15% of the loans go bad, the bank still goes under. You think about the height of the financial crisis, a lot more than that was happening. At that point, if the Treasury Secretary refuses to certify that a giant bank is no longer a systemic risk, the capital would rise to 24%. (laughs) And I only laugh because a lot of you don't know what that means, right? That means we're going to be in a full-blown recession is what that means, because that means the banks are not going to lend anybody anything. By contrast now I want you to look at the numbers this gentleman used 15% if that's not good enough 24%. Do you know what the the, the law requires right now? Right this is the beefed up Dodd Frank, right? This is the to make all of you safer. 5% He's calling for a two to five hundred percent increase. How bad is it? How much trouble are we really in? And how much risk did they really put on the taxpayer? According to Cash Carry, pretty much all of it. Patriot Radio News Hour, we'll be back after the break.
0: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum, the conservative pro-family movement launched by Mrs. Schlafly and supporting the Constitution, traditional education, and American sovereignty since 1972. Now from the Eagle Forum studios,
2: here's Ryan Haidt. The small country of Poland is making big leaps for the pro-life movement, a bill that passed the country's parliament would ban abortions in all cases except when the mother's life was at risk. The bill has garnered tremendous support among Polish people of all backgrounds. The Stop Abortion Citizens Initiative has gathered 450,000 signatures from Polish citizens who want to see life prevail in their country. Big liberal donors like George Soros have tried to force public opinion to the left, but the Polish people are not buying it. According to one report, 58% of the Polish people want abortion to be banned. The Wall Street Journal reported how one Polish law professor testified to the Polish parliament. Professor Joanna Banaszczuk pointed out that the Polish abortion industry was, quote, first imposed by Hitler's thugs and then introduced by the communist regime on a mass scale, end quote. Indeed, it was under Hitler's Nazi regime that abortion was first given to the Polish people. Abortion activists tried to introduce counter-legislation called the Save Women Act, but that was defeated by a large margin. No matter what the liberal left tries to do, they clearly cannot drown out the voice of a united citizenry that wants to stand for life. There are many lessons that Americans should take away from this bill in Poland. First, Americans need to understand that we absolutely can defeat abortion in this country. Poland is just one example of many that have done it, and we can too. Second, we must see the moral imperative that we have to defeat this legacy of death that has been thrust on our citizens. America has always been a world leader when it comes to human rights. That's because our nation was founded upon a heritage of morality and Christianity. We must not become a nation that history remembers as the last to protect the right to life for all. Finally, Poland shows us the power of a dedicated grassroots organization that stands strong on principles. As the grassroots, we have the obligation the responsibility, and the privilege of being known as the generation that ended abortion in the United States.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. Are you up to date on the pro-life victories and the threats to the sanctity of life? Help us fight the abortion advocates. Write Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois 62002 and ask for a free pro-life packet. That's Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois 62002 or go to eagleforum.org. And join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Patriot Radio News Hour. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. A gold is, well, it's it's down a dollar, $1,209. Yesterday... I ran U.S. $10 Liberty Gold Pieces, and they were at $675. I still have about 40 or 50 of those. Let's call it 50 of those left at 675 And for today and tomorrow, uh, yesterday as well, I'm going to run some great deals. Today, today, on top of the ten dollar piece at six, or, yeah, six seventy five. You can buy five dollar liberties today, and I'm gonna heat these up. And I've uh, and I've only got fifty of these as well. And I apologize. I tried to get more. Wendy tried to get more. They're just not out there uh, in quantities that we need. Uh, but three sixty. Five. for those of you that haven't hit the road, going to be able to take advantage. U.S. five dollar Liberty gold pieces. These are the old uh, 1866 to 1907, right? They meet the minimum requirements for being classified as a collectible. And remember, all of that means is during the last confiscation, the loophole that allowed our elected officials and their buddies to keep their gold was if it was a collectible, you could keep it. All other forms had to be turned in. Does that mean that's going to be the law the next time around? It doesn't. Right? With a stroke of the pen, the government will do what it wants. Uh, But when you're talking about a quarter ounce piece, that's about as cheap as it gets. So you got... US five dollar gold liberties at three sixty five. You got US ten dollar gold liberties at six seventy five, got fifty of each at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Now I got a question. When you claim to have fixed something, okay? Your wife says, Honey, the drip line is leaking again. Will you go fix it, please? Right? Or the uh, toilet's backed up? Can you go fix it, please? Whatever it may be. When you say you fixed it, does that mean that there's going to be? Hey, you know what, honey? Well, if I fix it, it probably does. Which is, hey, there's a 67 percent chance I really didn't fix it. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. right? There's probably a 67% chance that I didn't fix it. According to Neil Kashkari, that's exactly what Dodd-Frank did. Pretty much he said, hey, you know what, Uh, I looked at the numbers here, there's a 67% chance, not that you fixed it, no, 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 that you didn't fix it and that the taxpayer and the depositor are going to be on the hook. Which, of course, all of that makes perfect sense, doesn't it, though? When you start to put the pieces together. They didn't really want to fix it. Because, let's face it, you five-year-old. You could ask them, hey, if you had something and it was too big, what would you do? Right? Tough question. Make it smaller? Would probably be an answer they'd probably come up with. Hey, I know. Let's make it a little bit smaller. They didn't do that. I mean, it says it right in the top. Too big to fail. Right? Right? Just in that alone, kind of, well, um, you know, common sense probably should make it a little smaller. And in the case of these banks, probably a lot smaller. But they didn't do that. And now we're seeing everywhere around the world, it's happening like wildfire. This came from uh, my buddy Ed. By the way, if you've got something that you think I want to know about, email me. Double J. You got to spell out the word double. The letter J. Double J at AllAmericanGold.com. And this came out of uh, Casey Research. So Doug Casey. Uh, Jeff Thomas is the guy that wrote the article. This was yesterday, by the way. The headline. This is where I get off. And in the in the headline. The, the author, Jeff Thomas, talks about the war that is being waged on cash all over the globe. And he actually brought up, you know, we, we know about India, right? That was a shocker, right? Well, well, of course, when did they tell us? Oh, it's during the Trump stuff, right? The Trump and Hillary thing. They come out and they announce, hey, they're banning the large denomination uh, Indian rupee bills, which is, you know, the equivalent, I'll say the equivalent of our 50 and 100, but in India, that was more probably like the uh, 10 and the 20, but nonetheless, their largest denominations of bills. Then we found out a few days later that Citigroup is going cashless in Australia. You know what got me worried about all this? What am I going to do with all the coins? Right, I don't. Nickels, N-
0: Nickel, diamonds, pennies. You mean? Nickels, so diamonds, pennies, okay. cord
1: Right, I've it's got your a, currency. I've got this, you know, jug here at the office. I don't like walking around with change in my pocket, right? And so I just dump it in this jug, and I'm sure mo- a lot of people do, right? Or your it's in the center console of your car, right? It's just in there. And every time you always... Ah, I try to grab some change, but you never do. You never know when you need a big gulp. Right? You never do. What's going to happen to all this stuff? So according to Jeff Thomas, he said that ATMs in Mexico now are no longer dispensing its large bills, which, by the way, their large bill is about 24 bucks. And now the... The ATMs in Mexico now will no longer spit out large denomination bills. And you got to start asking yourself, what are they really getting at? I mean, is there really that much counterfeiting going on? I mean, is there this whole black market economy that I don't know about?
0: Uh, well, I'll I tell mean, you this: right. you're, you're not you're reading. reading about counterfeiting in the news. You're not watching, I mean, these mass counterfeiting rings uh, being highlighted on the evening news or the morning news. Let me tell you, I've been, I've, been ri-
1: I've been ripped off multiple times. I don't like to admit it, but I have. Every time it's been through some form of an electronic thing versus a paper thing. But nonetheless, uh, we'll talk about Jeff Thomas when we get back.
0: Welcome back. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. Give us a call, one 800 We were talking about the counterfeiting, and it's not in the news, and Ramon sends me a text. Well, what would we do with all our movies? Oh, yeah. Our action movies. They're going to be gone. Those are gone. Those those would be gone.
1: All the counterfeiting that goes on would be gone. You know, all the drug lord movies, those are gone now. Right? Uh, What else? Uh, oh, well, all the terrorist movies, right? Those are going to be gone now because we're we're going to go cashless. And, Does that mean uh,
0: there's going to be more Big Short type movies? Big short the Big cashless. Short movies, right? Everything's <laughs> going to be a documentary on how our our economy is collapsing.
1: Now, when you when you call your bank, right, you're going to get some voice automated thing which you already have now. Press this for that, press this for that, and you try to argue with the computer. But my electronic credit just disappeared. Uh, can I get those back?
0: Uh, let me get my IT guy on right? that. And, and let me the, get my IT guy and on And the
1: that. electronic credit computer says, no. We just didn't No mean. habla ingles.
0: <laughs> you know what? Our banker's going to become an IT guy.
1: Probably is, right? right? I mean, if, if a bank is cashless, What do you do at the bank? What would your job
0: be? What, because, your, well, Wells Fargo is not selling quotas anymore to try and hit their sales quotas. I don't know if you've heard those new commercials. Going I out. haven't heard and those yet. I don't yet. want to segue yet, but but I will tell you, what, do you, what would you do at the physical bank?
1: I don't know. I mean, I could go send a wire. That takes a half hour. Well,
0: there you go. You've beaten up uh, a little bit of your time today.
1: Who knows why? I can do it here in three minutes. You go to the bank, it takes a half hour. Um, My computer has crashed, so I will have to not – I won't be doing the Jeff Thomas article. Plus, you also won't be doing any banking from it. And I will not be doing any banking. (laughs) Uh, But instead, uh, the Donald was out today outlining his first 100 days And I wanted to do something positive. Uh, Ramon, let's play Donald Trump in his action plan for his first 100 days in office.
3: Today I would like to provide the American people with an update on the White House transition and our policy plans for the first 100 days. Our transition team is working very smoothly, efficiently, and effectively. Truly great and talented men and women, patriots indeed, are being brought in, and many will soon be a part of our government, helping us to make America great again. My agenda will be based on a simple core principle, putting America first. Whether it's producing steel, building cars, or curing disease, I want the next generation of production and innovation to happen right here on our great homeland, America, creating wealth and jobs for American workers. As part of this plan, I've asked my transition team to develop a list of executive actions we can take on day one to restore our laws and bring back our jobs. It's about time. These include the following. On trade, I am going to issue our notification of intent to withdraw from the Trans-Pacific Partnership, a potential disaster for our country. Instead, we will negotiate fair bilateral trade deals that bring jobs and industry back onto American shores. On energy, I will cancel job-killing restrictions on the production of American energy, including shale energy and clean coal, creating many millions of high-paying jobs. That's what we want. That's what we've been waiting for. On regulation, I will formulate a rule which says that for every one new regulation, two old regulations must be eliminated. So important. On national security, I will ask the Department of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to develop a comprehensive plan to protect America's vital infrastructure from cyber attacks and all other form of attacks. On immigration, I will direct the Department of Labor to investigate all abuses of visa programs that undercut the American worker on ethics reform as part of our plan to drain the swamp, we will impose a five-year ban on executive officials becoming lobbyists after they leave the administration, and a lifetime ban on executive officials lobbying on behalf of a foreign government. These are just a few of the steps we will take to reform Washington and rebuild our middle class. I will provide more updates in the coming days as we work together to make America great again for everyone, and I mean everyone.
1: That was Donald Trump this morning. And, you know, you think about some of the things, and, and you, you're hopeful because you're like, man, if he can just do half of those, right? Or wait, if he could just do what the uh, Dot frank did, and hey, you know what, uh, maybe I can get a third of that done. And the other 67%, you're on your own. But he said the very first thing, put America first.
0: I don't remember the last time I heard a president, or if I've ever heard a president say that in my life. Put
1: America first. Shouldn't have that always been the case? And when you sit there and you think about all of these regulations, I loved his hey, if you want a new regulation, you got to get rid of two others. That's a brilliant one, right? Isn't that a, right? And he said that's a must. That's a that is a have to. Immediately announce we're out of the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. You know what? We're going to negotiate our own trade deals individually. Again, put America first. How about all the visas? Right? How many reports have we done on that? Countless. About this company and that company outsourcing jobs, right? Whether they're bringing in the worker, the H1B visa worker program, or they're actually just sending it overseas. And you know, all of these things were allowed through the change of law done by lobbying our elected officials. I don't know if you caught that last part. Yeah, that's going to stop too. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. And I'll say this. I listen to that, No wonder why Dr. the rally. Yeah, no doubt. It's such a positive... Right? The the problem is, is if he actually does this, stocks are going to collapse. Right? Because all of these businesses, all of these companies that quote-unquote represent America in our stock market are really what? They're multinational corporations that lobbied to change all the rules that Trump wants to change back! And I just think, you know, if we would have only operated on that premise to begin with, put America first, would we? Would our debt be $20 trillion? It wouldn't be. Would we be collecting record amounts of taxes and still be running record deficits? You know, when they sit there and they talk about GDP, and you know what? All of us are sitting there paying taxes through the nose, right? So the government can turn around and what? Hand it out to somebody else? If you had put America first, would they have spent the trust fund money? Right? Would all of these cities and states, would they have promised these outrageous pensions to everybody? Right. Would they have actually funded them? If they, And even if they did would they have at least funded them? And now here we sit at the height of the baby boomer generation. And remember, they've been lying to us all along. They've been lying to us about what their intentions are and what these laws are going to really do they've been lying to us about our financial well-being right think about it for all of you boomers out there how many of you are living off the interest on your stock and i really on your bonds which is what you're supposed to be doing right you're supposed to be doing is being in the bond market living off the interest at 6 7 8 9% interest you're getting Because that's what they told you was going to happen. How's that working out? You know, when you start thinking about now all of a sudden, now they want to ban cash. Now they want to block you from withdrawing your money out of your money markets and your mutual funds and your IRAs and your 401ks. Does that sound like putting America first? Does that sound like putting you first and this is really all I'm telling everybody put yourself first I'm just sick of them putting Wall Street and big
0: business first I think something there's a movement happening here I'm behind it
1: I'm behind it 110% the problem is how far down have we already gotten right and you think about uh, all of the things that 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 have led up to this divided nation. You know, I just read this report where apparently this is the most divided America's ever been. Not surprising. Not surprising because look at the trouble we're in. Uh, U.S. ten dollar liberties at six seventy five. Five dollar liberties at three sixty five. At eight hundred nine five one zero five and nine two. One more show before we break for Thanksgiving. Everybody, be safe in your travel plans, please, and come back to see us.